Monaco and Culture is brought to you in association with the all-electric 2024 Cadillac Lyric. Magnificence electrified. The Cadillac Lyric delivers a sporty, responsive and agile drive that makes every mile a milestone. This groundbreaking Ultium EV battery platform fundamentally changes how electric vehicles are engineered, delivering charging and power storage technologies that fit seamlessly into far-reaching journeys and daily commutes. The Lyric is a vehicle that balances the sensual and the technical in masterful harmony, where rhythm, form and colour unite. From emergency braking to intelligent alerts, parking assistance to vehicle monitoring, the Cadillac Smart System suite of safety and driver assistant features, standard on the Lyric, means you'll drive with added confidence. While innovations like available supercruise driver assistance technology and Google built-in set a new standard for technical prowess. Take the next step. Head to Cadillac.com now to configure your car. The all-electric 2024 Cadillac Lyric. Magnificence Electrified. Hello and welcome to Monocle on Culture. I'm Robert Bounds. On today's show, we're leaning into awards season and dissecting this year's Oscars nominations. The 95th Academy Awards are mere weeks away and over the years they've had their fair share of laudable winners, unusual choices and dramatic moments. So what's in store for this year's iteration? Well, it seems that blockbusters have left indie darlings in the dust and the nomination lists are chock full of big budget smash hits. And it seems a tremendous year for Irish talent with multiple nominations for the Banshees of Inishirin, a potential best actor with Paul Meskell, and even a historic nomination for an Irish language film. A special mention too for the Asian actors making history with the first ever Asian Best Actress nominee for Michelle Yeoh, on top of a slew of other nominations for the absurdist drama comedy Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. But who will come away with the coveted trophies? Who's dazzled the Academy? And who'll be crying into their swag bag in the limo home? Well, to delve into the surprises and the snubs of the nomination, Nominations. I'm joined by the film critic and regular Monocle 24 contributor Karen Krasanovich and Monocle senior correspondent Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Welcome both. Hello. Fernando, you look so young. Oh. <laughs> we got the brains trust in here today. It's a pleasure Movie to wise. see you both. It's great yeah. to have you both on the program. This is something of a Monocle 24 culture show tradition, isn't it? I love that. It's my favorite time of the year. Um, and how are we feeling about Oscars? Uh, what's the general sort of vibe of the list, Karen? Overall, really happy, (laughs) but I was outraged by several snubs, of course. And I'm not normally outraged by several snubs, but I've been to all of the major film festivals last year. Yeah. And this is like the filmic Christmas for me, you know. I see the, the packages under the tree, and some of them have my name on them. I like so, it. Yes. Okay. We did a program about Tar recently, and Jason Solomon's on that program sort of said that there there is a sort of Venice to Oscars kind of runway, right? That mm-hmm. it sort of has that sort of feel about it. So if that's the case, then maybe there have been some genuine snubs. We'll talk about those later in the program, perhaps. Mm. Well, I mean, it's section. interesting that he says that because everything, everywhere, all at once was released in May in this country. So yeah, you know, I mean, you could kind of say that. But, all right. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll let you f- the critics circle I'll disagree argue with Jason. <laughs> one thing that I would say that I'm really happy about the Oscars this year, because I do care 
for the Oscars as a show, as a TV show. And yeah. I care actually about the ratings because sometimes I feel like, oh, are they not relevant anymore? The ratings mm. are yes. dropping. I think this year there will be a bump in the mm-hmm. ratings precisely because they've nominated quite a lot of big films. Yeah. They did very well with the box office. They needed that in a way after a decade with a lot of indies, right? That's Karen? exactly right. Yeah, they're saying because of you know Maverick, Avatar, people are invested in seeing what happens to these films. And I think you're absolutely right. Mm. And I hope so too because the further the Oscars falls from the popularity of te- you know, television's popularity list, the more endangered cinema could be. But then again, we all know that Hollywood needs to be glamorous. It needs to be glamorous. Otherwise, we're not going to... <laughs> it's not doing <laughs> it right if it's, it's not glamorous. Not if, doing, not, yes. if, there are, if there isn't beauty and a bit of... Um, yeah, you need a handsome and beautiful red carpet. You need people to play their roles, right? This is the last job. The last acting job they have to do well is do this TV show well, right? I mean, what we like about the red carpet, and there's a lot we like about it, but it's aspirational. You go, yeah. wow, and when I need to go to you know, wear some evening wear... I'll just steal that look. Yeah, exactly. All right. We'll give out your uh, email address later for uh, any any fashion designers wanting to <laughs> to furnish Krasanovich on the red carpet. Should we dive straight in? We're going to do it sort of in, in categories and we'll buzz around and we'll talk about some of the more notable bits. Karen, I know, has got an iPhone brimming with statistics <laughs> or a back of a fag packet. I can't, can't quite see what it is from here. It's, it's, it's a napkin, <laughs> actually. <laughs> so should we kick off with the best actress category? This is Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Aramas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough, surprisingly for two Leslie, not surprisingly in terms of quality, but what she's doing on the list. Michelle Williams for The Fable Women's and Michelle Yeo, as discussed, for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Fernando, I'm going to start with you. What have you, who did you like? Whose performances did you like from this list? Well, I think my all-time favourite from the list is Kate Blanchett for Tar, which I think is generally a personal favourite. It's that film that I was like, wow, from the beginning. It's a long film. That's the interesting thing. People talk about long films, but if they're good, I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, and, and, you know, it talks about some things they were living today, you know, cancel culture and among other topics, but it does it in such an intelligent way. It doesn't kind of treats us as, as stupid, the, the viewer, and, and that's what I really love about it. And she's amazing. And I have to say, I think Karen Krasanovich does look a little bit like Kate Blanchett, I think. I don't know that's... what he's talking about. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, God, this is, uh, Karen's not even blushing anymore because she knows it. Karen, uh, so Fernando's favourite, and then we'll ask you to make a prediction at the end of this little section, but uh, what about Kate for Tar and what about that list? I think it's an amazing list. I think it's very surprising. Anna de Amas and, and also Michelle Williams, I think, were shocking inclusions, really. I mean, Anna was great in Blonde, which is, you know, a hard watch. Mm. Michelle Williams was playing Michelle Williams, the role that she plays in The Fablemans, which is a pivotal role, but it, it's not this really... This is sort of the young Spielberg's mum, isn't yes, it? Yes, but it's not a leading role, really. It's a support. So I've heard, I read around, and I've, there is something called category fraud. Yes. So our listeners might not know about it. It makes sense to me, but would you like to enlighten the listening several, Karen? Category fraud <laughs> is where it's unclear who's a supporting player, and who is a leading player. Mm-hmm. And this Michelle Williams inclusion in the leading role here is one of those examples. So there's a funny thing where you can spend, you can have a lot of on-screen time but be nominated for Best Supporting Actress, mm-hmm. say, because people think you should get a nomination and maybe you'll win it, but you won't win it for the big role despite your, your screen time. That's that, a good, that happens yeah, as well, right? That's a, that's a good point, just because we've seen her a lot. I mean, she is yeah. playing his mother. But then again, Paul Dano played his father, was on screen quite a bit, maybe yeah. not as much. And didn't even get a look in, and he certainly deserved it. Yeah. So, okay, just to look over this list, I would say really, 
really kick out Ana de Armas and kick out Michelle Williams, not that they didn't do a good job, but include Viola Davis and Daniela Deadweiler in a movie that very few people in the UK have seen called Till. She carries that entire I've heard that's a film. fantastic performance. Yeah. It's a fantastic performance. It's a tough film to watch, but it lands on a warm note, so don't be afraid. It's a horrendous story. Chicago, 1955, son gets lynched, and she leaves the coffin open so people can see. She spends most of this movie crying, and you're with her every step of the way. It's a powerful performance, and I was audibly shocked okay. she did not get included. The neighbours heard a huge sigh and a throwing of a remote control through a TV screen at Krizanovich Mansions. I was accused of doing Gogglebox. <laughs> All right, so we've well, we've gone on to snubs already. So I'm, thanks Sorry for folding. No, thank Sorry. you for holding folding that, folding those difficult eggs into the radio souffle already, Karen. So what about predictions? Who do we think? Well, I think it would be a beautiful thing as well if Michelle Yeoh wins. It's not my favorite film, I got to be honest, but I appreciate that it's original, that it did so well as well. It had a lot to do with the making. Exactly, of it, but. If I, I am speaking from my heart, and I do like speaking from my heart, it's Kate Blanchett with Tara. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, so that's Best Actress, and we're saying Kate Blanchett here on this program. And best... Andrea Risborough got her a reward by getting a nomination. That's yeah. her win. That's yeah. it. Okay. The Taking Part award, though. No, but I mean, I was also interested in, and this is where you're brilliant, Karen, is some of the machinations, not machinations, but some of the work behind the scenes that's done, right? We talked about Category 4. We'll stay, we'll stick in Best Actress for 30 seconds more just to talk about how you can do a campaign, to Mm. to how you can stage a campaign. What are some of the ways? How to scare all the publicists in one go. (laughs) Andrew Risborough is in a film that cost virtually nothing, was made in 19 days during the pandemic, and she got all of her friends Howard Stern, who's a friend of the director Michael Morris, put it out in a show, and then suddenly Demi Moore, Susan Sarandon, Helen Hunt, Alan Cumming, Edward Norton, Amy Adams, and even Kate Blanchett put her forward saying, this is a great performance. Kate Winslet said, it's the best one I've ever seen. And voila, you get an Oscar nomination. That's how you do it, folks. Uh, Andrea Riseborough, the queen of social media. All right, so we'll go on to Best Actor. Who stands out to you from this list? Faye. I think it's actually a very good competition for Best Actor this year. And it's hard to choose. Brendan Fraser. I mean, (laughs) I think he was the best thing of the way, to be fair with him. But, you know, I'm going with my heart. Although I did think Austin Butler did a great job at Elvis, I think Paul Mescal with After Sun is such a melancholic and beautiful film. I don't think he's going to win. But again, going with my heart, I think Paul Mescal, and it would be so nice to see him actually on stage. He, he does have a very nice smile. Mm. Karen Krasanovich, yeah. from that, there's quite a lot of first-time nominees, isn't it? All for, it's they're all, all first-time first yeah. nominees. They are all first-time a... nominees, and I have to say, 16 out of the 20 of acting nominees are new. Wow. Which is a lot. Yeah, yeah. that is a lot. Yeah. yeah, And it's also the first time since 1935 that all five first-time noms have been new. Yeah. Yeah, although in 1935 there were only three nominated, strangely. Yeah, so this is, I mean, yeah, these are broad categories. Or rather broad, there's a lot of people in them now. It's gone from being the 100 metres mm-hmm. to the Grand National. Yeah. Obviously. But That's what good. this tells you is that because we're going like, wow, they're new people, it means that Hollywood keeps nominating the same people over and over and over again. Yeah, so there's, no, there's, no, ha- there's no Hanks, there's no Denzel. No, no, but I mean, just going back really quickly, um, as Kate, Kate Blanchett, it's her eighth nomination, 
And uh, she's the only one that's won before. So, Akhtar, I would say it's a tight call between Colin Farrell and Brendan Fraser. If you're European, you probably go with Colin Farrell. If you're American, you probably go with Brendan Fraser. You don't have to be Canadian. But I know a lot of people think that Austin Butler is going to pull it out of the hat. Frankly, I think it would be a one-off. And, I mean, it's a great performance. But I'm not that impressed with him as an actor. Paul Mescal, they're mooting him as the new James Bond which I think is quite interesting. And Bill Nighy, oh, bless we him. see him all the time. I want He's Bill so to win. I'm, my heart says Bill. Um, who does your head say? Paul Mescal or possibly your lovely Colin Farrell? I think it's going to be Colin Farrell because Hollywood likes a guy that they know. Good stuff. Yeah. Well done, Colin. Great year for Ireland as well. I think we do yeah, have to mention really that. So many, no- 40 nominations for Ireland. I think, a of quarter, course, the Banshees and Paul Mescal. A quarter of the nominees are yeah, in the acting. That's remarkable. It's good stuff. Supporting actor and actress. Should we should we tackle these together? Let's start with actor. <laughs> We've talked about uh, category fraud, mission creep, if mm. you will, in terms of the nominees and stuff like that. Who are we liking? Who are we liking on the actors list, Karen? A supporting actor. Okay, I have to say, I was so pleased that Judd Hirsch, at forty you know, forty years after his yeah. first nomination in the same category, yeah. he's eighty seven. He blew me away in The Fablemans. I thought, what the heck, Judd? Ah! Yeah. And I thought, what's this old guy doing in here? But he was amazing. Now, I don't think he's really got a snowball's chance, but never mind. But, you know, Hollywood likes. Yeah. I mean, he's in a Spielberg movie. They like a mushy ending. You know who's going to win? Who's going to win? K-Hugh Kwan. Okay. Yes. All right. That's for everything, everywhere, all at once. Which, again, I think would be a great story if he wins. But, I mean, the one that I, I genuinely think was the best, although his role was very small, is Barry Kirk from The Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a supporting actor in that film, but it was so emotional. I mean, the scene where he's yeah. talking to, uh, you know, the, the actress Carrie in the film, I mean, I, I cried. Mm. He's really good, actually. He's uh, got such a strange vibe in all of his roles. Yeah. And he's had such an unusual biography as well. And also, I mean, another thing, I've just, Americans have a hard time saying his name. Arkeone. I had a hard it's time. It's got an N in it. Yeah. Yeah. Keown, I think, is uh, well, how we're going. Now you look at all these words. Arkeone. <laughs> and obviously him and Brendan Gleeson, the fat-fingered, brilliant Brendan Gleeson, two nominations for Best Actor for the Banshees of Inishirin. But the problem for Brendan Gleeson is he doesn't get to say the line, and his tiny brown cock. There you go. Which Barry Keane does get to <laughs> which, which he did, which, which um, really, really jaw-dropping. <laughs> a winner. A winner. Yeah. A winner. Okay, so Best Supporting Actress. Now, there's a lot of talent on this. This obviously, once again, two nominations again for um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It's Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, all over the Oscar nominations, that movie. Who are we fancying on this list? Faye. You know what? I really loved Carrie Condon as well on the benches of Sharon. She did an excellent role. Again, I don't think she's going to win. I think this one, and you know, I think the problem everything, everywhere, all at once, the vote will be split. So I think this is going for Angela Bassett for Black Panther. I can see that. Uh, and she's a fantastic actress. I yeah. mean, so it's well deserved. And again, the first, uh, I think, nomination in the acting categories for a Marvel film as well. Yes, that's which right. Is 
Remarkable. She was nominated as Tina Turner in the 90s. Exactly. So it's been a long... And they were saying, are any of the other nominees, were they alive when she was nominated? Because they were checking in. Apparently... Jamie Lee Curtis not. Jamie. I think Stephanie Hu was very close to not... But like a toddler or something at that time. And just let's take that fact that Fernando gave us there. Um, It's the first time a Marvel film has been nominated in the actor categories. We mentioned this in the introduction, the kind of the balance of the blockbuster versus the indie film. There's always been a little indie film that could, and then they kept on, kept on cutting. What? Uh, what? What's the? Where's the balance of power, Karen? At the moment, do you see with with, with yeah, like a, a with a, with an actress from Black Panther, I mean, best supporting non. I think we're seeing. I mean, Black Panther was an extraordinary, is an extraordinary <clears throat> franchise. If you're thinking about Chadwick Boseman and the dignity and the skill and talent that those two films have. And I think we're starting to see that, number one, the Marvel Universe isn't going to go away. It might change. We can't decry it anymore because there are too many great actors in it. And the quality of these films, if you think about Andor, I mean, no, that's not a movie, but the quality of these science fiction films and comic book, quote-unquote, movies is rising. Mm -hmm. So this is a recognition not only of Angela Bassett, but also the quality of a category that was at first decried. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. I think it's and also it's a, it's it's a studio town. Yeah, let's yeah. not forget this. People this is want to, people need to people need to put some money in the pockets and some uh, kudos to give a, a backslap, presumably to these these people that pay for this thing to be on in the first place. I exactly. And a conversation that I hope it doesn't happen this year because I think the last years there's been this kind of this Marvel talk. I mean that an indie director will go and direct a Marvel film, and then Martin mm. Scorsese will say something. Mm. I think it's fine. I think there's pace for everyone in a way so I hope there's not this kind of Marvel versus indie mm. films as, as I've set it up yeah. but exactly. that is a lot of the talk <laughs> Zero, isn't it yeah. well, you see, you no, see this thing you think about craft and you think about there's a huge yeah. amount of craft in yeah. these big productions yeah. as there is on an indie film everyone does one role rather than maybe three which I suppose is, is the division of labour is often the thing rather than the care and the craft and the talent I suppose on these things we've got to move it on though let's go to best director mm. there's some fantastic I mean this is a this is my favourite category in terms of the, the names on it: Spielberg, Martin McDonough, Dan Quan, and Daniel Shainert for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Todd Field for Tar and Ruben Ostlin for Triangle of Sadness, mm. Rhombus of Despair, <laughs> whatever you can parallelogram of of drippiness. What do we want and what do we think? Where's the a, talent? I've got a friend who calls her. Lady Parts, The Triangle of Sadness, which I think is quite funny. <laughs> um, they, these, are, these are all spectacular films that if you're only going to see five CVs, I have to say, this year. Yeah. But I think my pick would be Tar because I'm in love with that movie, although I really love Triangle of Sadness as well. But I think who's going to win it? I think it's going to be Spielberg. I think so too. Oh, I hope not. I mean, nothing against, of course. I love Spielberg. He says lovely things. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Spielberg, <laughs> if you're listening to this. But as much as I love Tar, I would give it to Ruben Oslund, Triangle of Sadness, which I was a bit surprised, actually, that he was nominated for Best Director. Me too. And I don't know, as, as in terms of direction, I think the film, there's a lot of interesting setups as well. So I, I think he should win. But if, of course, if Tar wins, I mean, Todd Field, I'm Todd happy. Todd Field, he wrote it for Kate Blanchett. And he said if she hadn't accepted the role, he wouldn't have made the movie. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is, you know, considering how much work went into it, it's incredible. And also what, you, what you're saying about, about Triangle of Sadness, I had a discussion with Edgar Wright over Twitter about it. And I hadn't realized that it's actually sort of three separate parts and a different leading actor in each of them. And I thought... Wow, and I call myself a critic? I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, and vignettes. I mean, how do you pronounce that? It's got a G in it. <laughs> it's got a G bang in the middle of it. Barry Keown. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's Best Director, the hotly anticipated. Karen thinks it'll be Spielberg. Faye hopes it'll be Ruben Ostland. We might be OK with it being Todd Field for Tar. He did, after all, put quite a lot of work in, let's face it. And he's also the inventor of Big League Chew, which is a fake tobacco bubble <laughs> gum in America for kids who like to play baseball. It's a long story. OK. Like that. We went left Todd Field there. Very left Todd Field. <laughs> What's the best picture, though? I hear you ask, as we approach the end of the programme. This is a long, long and august category. What, Fernando, is the best picture? What what really floated your boat, both of you, from this list? Fernando, I'll start with you. Well, first of all, I was writing here, and I, I love the mix here. We have two massive blockbusters. Even Avatar is there, Top Gun. We have... Uh, Tar you know, and Avatar. Exactly. <laughs> a biopic with Elvis, which did well at the box office, and so did Everything every, Everywhere All at Once. I love the mix, and... Of course, Tar and Triangle of Sadness, they would be my favorite. But even Top Gun Maverick, you know, I think he did so well in the air. Everybody was talking about it. I think it was such a, a bravura performance from Tom Cruise. I almost wouldn't mind if he win Best Picture. But do you think this could happen, actually, Karen? Well, I was just thinking about it. Now, this, they call this, oh, this is the Producer's Award. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, what's the criteria for being a good producer? I mean, you know a lot of people? Or you get money? I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. And I Must I be able know. to throw pool parties. Exactly. There yeah. you're going to be nice to the people that count. Baz would do that quite well with a certain amount of camp grandeur. Well, yes. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I don't really know what the criteria are. I do know that... If this was playing at your local cinema, you could have 24 hours of just watching completely amazing movies. This is yeah. a great, great selection. Women Talking, I did not want to watch. I mm. listened to the book. I didn't want to watch it. It's incredible. Okay. So what I have to say, it is possible that that Top Gun Maverick might get it, depending on if they're going to pat themselves on the back or how this, what is this award going to say about this year? Because in Cannes, and you're going to be there this year, Fernando. Yeah. Last year, uh, Cannes was there was no glamour because there's no Russians, no bling. It was just kind of sedate. And then Tom Cruise came into town yeah. with the jets. And really, post pandemic, Maverick has been like the cavalry yeah. to the Hollywood industry, to the film industry. So I think there's a very good reason for that, that it could actually win. I think they're going to make a selection that's going to be, I don't think it's going to fit, I don't think there's going to be a run. For some reason. Right. You think it's going to be like a jigsaw, everyone a, gets a piece. Yeah, it's going to be an, an outlier. And so this could, could be everything be, everywhere. Could be that, yes, or it could be all quiet. Okay. Shh, on the Western Front. That's a, that's a strong prediction. I like that. It's fighting talk from Karen Krasanovich. Completely wrong. <laughs> Do not put any money on what I just said. Okay, so that's decent stuff. And we've got another couple of couple of details to do before we close up our Oscar shop for 2023, prediction-wise at least. This is Best Original Song. Do you want to hear this? This is some... And that's what it sounds like listening to someone else's earphones when you're sitting next to them on a train. 
I guess. I, I joke. It's, it's um, a song about nachos. <laughs> it's a song about nachos. That is from a Bollywood action film called RRR. Am I getting that right? Yes, and I'm, I'm sorry. I really love this track. So I think <laughs> I think that was one thing that I asked for the show. Can we please play a little bit of Natu Natu? And, you know, to be honest, I'm not an expert on Bollywood films. but So I'm really a beginner. So when I saw RRR, what I, I love is that... It's just, it's just amazing. It's so fun and and camp and, and and sometimes I wish Hollywood gets some of those elements in. So I definitely should be watching more Bollywood. I was actually disappointed. It deserved more nominations. I don't know which ones, but I'm glad he got original song. But it's a tough field here. I mean, they have Lady Gaga track for Top Gun, Rihanna for Black Panther, and again, if they are performing the show, look at me thinking of the ratings. It would do well. We always have to think about the ratings. But I think you should be producing this. I this think little, so. This little old show we like to call the Oscars. I care yes. about the yeah. ratings. Then yeah. you wouldn't talk to us. <laughs> but, you know, one thing I'm worried about, the problem with RRR, is that it's so heavily VFX. It's not even special effects. It's right. visual effects. And all of the English people are hounds. They're terrible people. Really? They're just, In the movie? Yeah. yeah or they're, just generally? They're, they're, no. <laughs> Come on. I'm hosting this program. It's going to be interesting. If they do do it, you're going to see how much dancing they can actually do in real life. And as far as Bollywood and Hollywood, that's why we have Baz Luhrmann. Okay. Well said. Okay, so that is that's kind of our folk pick, I think, and Fernando's favourite for uh, best original song, Natu Natu, and that is from uh, the Bollywood action movie RRR. When well, I think that's on Netflix, isn't it? If you yes, want to check it's that on out. Netflix. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about some best actress snubs. What about poor uh, the big man Tom Cruise for best actor? Would that kill them to give him a nomination for this? Yes. Okay. Uh, moving on then. <laughs> he's he's a movie star. Yeah. That's the problem. Okay. He's, he's, this he's is, gone beyond acting. He, he has. If he gets anything, big words here, but it would be an honorable. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, because he doesn't, I mean, he does act in film, but it's more <laughs> about the whole thing together, if I think you know what I mean. Tom Cruise's Twitter profile still says, been running fast in movies since 1986 it does. or something, yeah. it does. doesn't it? I hate to tell you this. And his he, run is hilariously flat-backed. It is. And he injures himself a lot. Yeah. But uh, I was looking at his, uh, his uh, okay, boasting here, but I was looking at his feed and I thought, he's following me. Of course he is, Karen. No, he's not. I shouldn't be. <laughs> of course he is. I feel is. weird now. Karen Krasner is stalked by Tom Cruise since 1986. I didn't get a cake, though. He sent a cake out for Yeah, me. he I did the cake get... thing. I, that's excellent. So, following me, but no cake. Thank uh, you. Anyway. And Karen is white chocolate, which I love. Oh, I so, know. if Tom Cruise is listening, I mean, he could send one to me as he well. He can have mine. What received no nominations were films like Nope, mm. Decision to Leave, mm-hmm. Bong Joon-ho, The Woman King and Don't Worry Darling. What do we think about the, the omissions? I don't think Don't Worry Darling is really... <laughs> didn't, didn't Decision to Leave, it sort of... It's, it's beautiful. An yeah. international, international film would have been great. I think Till is a great omission. Yeah. Um, nope, I really loved. Not just because it has horses in it. And also The Woman King, I thought, was produced by a black woman, stars a black woman, and was directed by a black woman. And I think that that's awful. Whoopi Goldberg produced and acted in Till. And I think that there's, there's, it's almost like, oh, well, you know, we had Oscars so white, so we can just kind of push the black people aside and we'll embrace um, other people. We've ticked that uh... In a way, it, it feels as if, yeah, we can just do a little swap around. And, and that's a bit unfair because there are only so many nominations. You yeah. can't... You can't expand. You've got all to kill some categories. darlings. Unfortunately, you do. Best picture: The Whale, <clears throat> Black <fake>. Panther. 
and rrr. Should any of these been on the best picture? I think. All right. I mean, I wouldn't mind. All right. Yeah, so, by the way, you're joking, right? Because isn't you, do you say R or R? No, I'm just saying it like okay, that. Okay, no, because that's amazing. I, I would love to say R. But, but can I say one of the acting ones that I kind of missed? I mean, the film did very well, so I'm not complaining too much. Uh, but Dolly de Leon for Triangle of Sadness. Yes. I think even for supporting actress, I mean, could be good because yes. she was amazing in that film. And um, yeah, that I would definitely maybe swap either Jamie Lee Curtis or Stephanie Hsu. Sorry for that as well. No, I think <laughs> you know? that's a really good spot because the minute I saw, I mean, she was she was powerful in the film anyway. We're wondering where the film where the camera's lingering on her. The third part, she comes into her, her own, and she she's been working in Philippine telenovelas for you know years. What a masterful performance! You're Shame. absolutely right, Fernando. Okay, I think we've ticked all our boxes. We've got, we've unloaded some things. We've got some things off our chest. We've talked about brilliance. We've talked about commerciality, and we've talked about snubs. The Oscars. It's the ninety-fifth edition of the Oscars. They're live on Sunday, March the twelfth. Fernando will be reporting it. I'm sure from Monocle Twenty Four in ways great and small. This show is better than watching it. <laughs> of course, it is a bad TV show, isn't it? That have you? I mean, watching it live, it's bad isn't it i like it it's unwatchably it. poor why can't they make a tv show out of it no really yes okay we, we must we... i like it all right uh the oscars the 95th edition of alive on sunday march the 12th and that is it for this week my thanks to karen krasanovich and fernando augusto prosecco monocle on culture is produced by sophie monaghan coombs and steph chungu and steph also edits the program we'll be back at the same time next week but until then for me robert bound thanks for tuning in Thank you.